about to enter the mind of one Philip Krauss Jr., both a self-proclaimed and a professionally proclaimed sufferer of mental illness. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 5 of Going Mental. This is uh, Philip Krauss, your host, and with me a very special guest today, my, uh, my girlfriend Rachel. Hello. <laughs> So, uh, we got a couple uh, topics that I've picked out today to talk about. Uh, one thing, uh, which kind of involves both of us and uh, how we kind of met and went out for the first time, uh, challenging yourself. Like, challenging yourself to, if you have, say, social anxiety or any type of, you know, fear or anything like that, challenging yourself to face those things. Yeah. So, social anxiety... We decided to go out to uh, a place called Against the Grain, which I promoted in a, in a past uh, episode, um, and went to a awesome metal show where there were actually people around, and we weren't by ourselves and locked in a room <laughs> doing nothing. <laughs> it was actually, and we had a really fun time, and we didn't feel, or at least I didn't at least feel, you know, like pressure or yeah. anxious at the time or anything did you no i didn't that's good that's good so how was how was your experience going going out to that show like when when you first uh went into it what were you thinking um i was really nervous at first but i had been spending like all day being anxious about what it was going to be like to yeah. even go do anything so um I mean, I immediately felt comfortable. I mean, I've got to give a shout out to yeah. Britt Powell because of course, um, he was just wonderful. He, he made me feel welcome immediately, and then it just didn't stop. You know, yeah, it was a really fun night, and I'm I'm glad I went. Yeah, it's a very welcoming atmosphere. Again, can't can't give enough props to Against the Grain and uh, Britt Powell. Uh, those guys uh, run that place amazingly. It's an awesome place. I like I said, I gave him a shout out in the thing episode. Three that hasn't come out yet. Uh, well, it will. Ha- it will have by the time you've, you you're hearing this. Um, <laughs> yeah, like challenging yourself to do. What's a, what's another way someone could challenge themselves if they have, uh, let's say, uh, give me an example. Do you have? Give me an example of something. Uh, what just a way of challenging yourself facing like either facing a fear or facing something to do with anxiety or with some... anxiety. Sometimes even for me, um, just to go out of my house even, you yeah. know, to take a walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, just actually get out, literally. Mm-hmm, to yeah. go just put yourself outside. Yeah. Um, also, I think, you know, the more types of social situations you can continue to put yourself in where mm-hmm. you can see that it's not what you have hyped it out to be, yeah. you know, and I think um, that's a really cool, important form of, self-therapy too is just to continue to put yourself in the situations that once might have given you anxiety yeah. and then over time you can learn that yeah it's just yeah and you can and you can take baby steps too you don't have to do what we did and go no. straight and go straight to a heavy metal show <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of a tough alabama um but uh yeah you can take baby steps just you know start going out with you know, friends, just like, you know, go bowling with your friends yeah. and, and try talking to new people that, if, if you go to bars, go talk to new people at bars, stuff and, like that. You know, bowling's easy because 
it's not like a lot of people are focused on you, just yeah, the people yeah. who you're with. Uh, and then a bar, you know, if you drink alcohol, it will lower your inhibitions and maybe make you more... Yeah. I'm not yeah. trying to promote... Uh... Yeah, I'm not trying to promote alcohol. To be a, <laughs> it can be a uh, a coping mechanism all of them. So we talked about this before uh, on the podcast. Uh, alcohol can be a type of coping mechanism where you feel a little anxious and you, you know, drink a little bit. It makes you not as anxious and more, you know, uh, charismatic and easier to talk to people. Yeah. Things like that. Um, in moderation. In moderation. Every, literally everything in moderation is one of my things is like everything in this world in moderation. That includes like work. That includes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> internet, that includes drinking, drugs, you know, all that stuff. Everything in moderation. Um, another thing I want to talk about today is uh, cause and effect. Um, things that uh, you may have thought about in your past, you know, or that did, you didn't think of in your past that now affect you in the future. And uh, one of my examples that I have is, of course, uh, we were talking about this earlier outside, but my mom and my dad arguing all the time. Um, yeah. And I didn't realize until I went to Crossbridge after my suicide attempt that with the people in the day room at Crossbridge, which is the, just the room where everybody goes to watch TV, arguing and bickering about stupid things, yes. that I would get very frustrated and anxious and have to leave the room. And I, then I realized what that linked back to yeah. was uh, my mom and dad fighting all the time. Yeah, and I mean, I grew up in a household with parents that fought, you know, in front of us um, on a very constant basis. And... Yeah. Uh, to this day, like to hear a door slam, even will could send me into a panic attack on a bad day, you yeah. know. But at at the very least, I am it still scares me to hear that. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. So there's a correlation to everything directly. Yeah, yes. directly. Yeah. Uh, another one of the things that I had written down here was uh, how. Tourette's, I think, led to my anxiety because I grew up with Tourette's syndrome since I was like two. Uh, I was di diagnosed, uh, you know, I was born with it, and then um, so I made uh, with Tourette's you have a vocal tick and a motor tick. So I would like move my neck, and I'd also sometimes I remember specifically one of my ticks was I would hoot like an owl, mm -hmm. and it would be very nerve wracking for me to go out in public, to be in class, things like that. So I felt always very nervous around people so social anxiety uh that Tourette's led to my social anxiety yeah so I can see that being like a direct correlation to that absolutely yeah. and like I used to get bullied a lot as a kid and picked on and so <laughs> yeah. then you know the older I got the harder it got for me to even go out and perform a simple task because in my mind everybody was looking at me and yeah and you know judging me and it still bothers me. I can't. Yeah. I can't go jump on a trampoline without fearing someone's like looking <laughs> yeah, at me and laughing and pointing. Hey, hey. <laughs> Do you want to uh, tell that story? Is that too? Well, I mean, I guess I could tell it. You can tell it. Um, you want to. So I didn't really ever get to jump on a trampoline as a kid, and I'm trying to like get in touch with my inner child as yeah. part of my uh, development right now. And um, my neighbors moved out and left a trampoline in their backyard. Yep. And I it was just sitting there waiting. I've been dying <laughs> to go over there and jump on it, but the one thing that was stopping me was like that I was afraid somebody would see me and yeah. 
make fun of me. And like, I know that sounds kind of ridiculous, but it really had me crippled. But like, I yesterday morning finally decided I was going to do it. And like, I even like woke up early so I could have time to go (laughs) do it. And, um, I totally climbed the fence and went and jumped on it for like two whole minutes. Yeah. Um, but then my mom was on the other side of the fence and said, I can see you. And, uh, so, you know, that, I don't know. That triggered the, uh, triggered, someone, triggered the someone watching me. me. So, yeah. you know, good vibes crushed kind of a, I'm really proud of myself for going and yeah. doing it like that. Like, and those like two seconds of like childlike euphoria yeah. were fantastic. Good, good, good vibes crushed a little bit. I, it seems more worth it to, to it have had, so worth had it. that experience it so rather worth it. than, you know, I mean, yeah, your mom kind of came and at the end <laughs> did that, but totally worth it to go and jump on that fucking trampoline. And I jumped super high too. Oh, nice. <laughs> did you do any flips? No, any flips? I... <laughs> <laughs> Cannonballs in the trampoline. I mean, it was like, you know, first time. I wanna, yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe next time. But yeah, uh, bullying you mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, I remember... Uh, Growing up, bullying wasn't a huge issue for me with Tourette's. I mean, the only things that really I really got were um, sometimes I would have kids mock me, mock my vocal tics or my uh, or my motor tics, like I crack, like cringe my neck like that to the side. Um, sometimes they would do that, and then I would have some kids call me Hooters because I did the owl thing yeah. the, that all the time. Uh, but that was really all I all I got with bullying. I don't know. I, uh, the and then the rest of it, I guess, really just led it to uh, anxiety in class because rather than bullying, uh, mm-hmm. when I went to Chapman, I was which is the place I graduated from. I was just the kid in the corner that didn't talk to anybody. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just I and I just I was trying to like you know listen to the teacher and you know just pay attention and like I just want to get this over with yeah. I'm high school over with yeah, yeah. Here. that was that was me and or, or that so you're like or the weird kid in, in the corner kind of yeah just a weird kid in the corner that didn't talk to anybody I had like one person I talked to Alex who I just recently got back in touch with and she's like going through some of the same stuff too um and uh been weird kind of reminiscing about about that just a little bit but <laughs> um, for me it started um when i was in elementary school yeah um like for having glasses or oh really yeah and then i started gaining a lot of weight around that time too and then like a lot of my classmates would call me like the pillsbury dough girl yeah and things like that and um just dickheads you know it, and then it got even worse than that like some girl one day like smacked me in the head with her lunchbox i don't know just um wow some like bad, yeah, yeah. I've had I've had you know people uh, pull my pants down during gym class and stuff like that. You know that type of bullying as well. You know just uh, not fun times. Uh, like like middle school through high school is really like when I think when that really starts developing that that bully mentality. Yeah, it's strange how when we're that young we already have that like I don't know need to exert power over each other yeah you know it seems yeah. like that and, then, and that might go back to you know 
ancestors like of ancestors or like you know tribes going after tribes to be the dominant one you know who knows these kids probably who were doing the bullying had no control at home so they had to come and yeah they yeah that's true they could have felt like they had no control and come to school and now they have all the control because they're right they're the they're the boss yeah Yeah. i feel sorry for them i'm sorry sorry you guys yeah i mean and they're they're People that are self-aware of that now, as they get a, as they grow up an adult, it's like, damn, I was, I, I was a bully. Like I can think of some situations where even I was a bully. Like I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't the kid that would pull your pants down or anything, yeah. but just like smaller stuff of like, you know, calling kids names and stuff. And, you know, you just kind of get, you get drawn into it with, you know, some of your friends. Oh in yeah, school. peer pressure. Yeah, peer pressure. Yeah. If you're not like making fun of somebody with everybody else, then yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, so. It, Everybody has, I think everybody has bullied and has been bullied at some point in their life. Yeah. On on, on a small scale or a large scale. Right. Yeah. Um, here's another one I wanted to discuss was that neglecting responsibilities or neglecting yourself. Hmm. What do you think about that? Do you, do you have like any, uh responsibilities that you think you you like out of just out of depression or fear anxiety that you don't take care of totally totally yeah do you mind naming a few um, or is it i mean there are times where my depression has been so bad that like i can't even make myself get up out of bed to go like brush my teeth and take a shower which i do want to say that like on the days when i make myself do that yeah. it, my day turns out to be surprisingly productive it's funny how much of a difference like just yeah. going and doing something to take care of yourself will really help yeah. turn things around. But, oh, yeah. you know, or um, I have become overwhelmed by, like, massive amounts of debt before. And I'll yeah. just um, put all the bills into a box and then ignore it. And, oh, yeah. like, because it's too, it gives me too much anxiety to try to face it. Mm-hmm. And um, Do you get... Uh... Sorry to interrupt you. This is, mm-hmm. this is kind of a non sequitur, but uh, do you get uh, like sometimes when I have to call, make an important phone call, I get really, really nervous. Oh yeah. When, when I have, like just like ah, I, I, I don't want to hit the call button and talk yes. to this person. You get and, that? Yes, I do. And then also, um, I really hate leaving voicemails. Yeah, me too. Um, I always feel like oh, it's gonna be too long. It's gonna be too short. I always something. ruin them because I'm always overthinking them. Yeah. And. I mean, I've I've even ended a voicemail. I was like, oh, I'm just overthinking this. And, you know, it'd be like an important one, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I left a voicemail just the other day where I was trying to call uh, a counseling counseling company, the Ellis Ellis Counseling. I was trying to get in touch with them again. And... uh, the uh my computer was on and it started playing an ad on youtube or something while i was on it and i was like oh <laughs> shit i mean oh, oh, grip. Uh, sorry it's it's philip uh you know and i gave him my phone number and you know <laughs> it was very very awkward so i'm sure they uh at least at least maybe they got a laugh out of that i hope yeah one time i left my name five times like and again this is rachel so <laughs> yeah this is rachel again uh, i do that a lot too uh one of the things that i've definitely neglected before is is work like just being so depressed and so down that i like i know i have to work this morning i know i have to be at work in 30 minutes i can't do it like i just i'm I'm in bed i can't get out of bed i can't go yeah and i'll get calls and i'll get in trouble i and i know this and i know that i'll get in trouble for it but it's like i've i've had to call in sick to a lot 
of jobs that I've had. Yeah. And um, because what else can you say? You can't what? say like, oh, I'm I'm too depressed to go into work today. Yeah, that, you know, that's um, the thing is like I'll also be like with the phone call thing. I'll be too afraid to make a phone um, call to call in sick and be like. So sometimes I won't even say anything to the, to oh. the job. I just normally wait until the very last possible minute, and then I know that puts them in the worst spot to try to, like, have to find somebody to come in. Like, I, and I've known for hours I'm not going to be able to yeah, do it. Yeah. And I, uh, You're just stressing about, actually like, the, am I going to, like, am I going to get the courage to just get up and go to work, or am I going to make a phone call and come up with an excuse? And I, normally for me, I spend that whole time, like, just laying in bed crying about how I just can't. So, mm -hmm. the, it, actually, the day I went to the hospital, the day before I went, to the hospital yeah. this last time, um, I called my store manager and I just said, look, I can't stop crying. I can't even yeah. get my feet out of the bed. I can't yeah. come into work. And that's the first time I've been honest about it. Like, yeah. normally I'll say, you know, some kind of like stomach um, bug or whatever. Throwing up. Or, yeah, yeah, that's an easy one. So I think um, I think because I, I start back. Uh, I used to work in Winn Dixie, then went to Crossbridge, and now I'm going back to Winn Dixie after uh, a few weeks, or one or two weeks, out of Crossbridge. Um, I think I'm going to talk to my managers about that. I think I'm going to discuss it with them. Just like, look, there are some days where, like, look, I just tried to kill myself. There are yeah. some days that they they get so bad that I cannot get myself out of bed, and like, right. I, need, I need you guys to try to understand that. And it's hard for people who haven't really dealt with that because you know i mean everybody feels that way to some extent but normally the response you get is like okay well just get out of bed and go but yeah. i i think a lot of people don't understand that no matter how much you want to like you yeah. wish you could just okay get out of bed and yeah, go and but it's it's a and it's a hard thing to understand to to explain to someone who, who hasn't felt it before yeah it's, it's just Like I said, it's hard to put into words unless unless you. It'd honestly be like it. me trying to explain menstrual cramps to you because like you just yeah. would never under, you just wouldn't get it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a very strange feeling, and, and there's such I, a I stigma hope about anyone it. anyone listening to it never has to go through it. Yeah. I, yeah. I hope you you know stay happy and you know. But maybe you'd at least be understanding if somebody tried to say that yeah. they were experiencing that. Yeah. If, if, it takes a lot to even be able to say that. You know, because there's such a stigma about mental health mm. anyway. Um, and it's hard. It's yeah. scary to try to tell somebody that you're not yeah. okay. Is there, is there any uh, specific, like, stigma that you've had to deal with, um, like, uh, at work or, or any, any other places that you can think of? Like, people thinking of, like, mental health uh, as, as in a certain way, like, towards you? Um, when I was younger, yeah, yeah. Um, in high school, you know, it. I, looking back on it, I mean, I clearly looked like this, like, sad, hopeless, <laughs> like pathetic girl, you know. Yeah. And um, well, I just lost my train of thought because I got sad for a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can say that now I've tried to spend a, a lot of time. Um, faking it, you know, I, faking, faking, exactly? like being normal and happy and oh, fuck that. Um, and I think that, that really caught up to me and that's why this last time was really bad because I'd been just, um, you know, you know what I've started doing? 
when people ask me, like, oh, hey, hey, how's it going? And, you know, you want to just do the, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, everything's great. I'm doing good. How are you? Um, I will be brutally honest and say, things are shitty. I am doing terrible right now. I am horribly depressed. And they'll be like, oh. And I find that <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and it it cheers me up a bit <laughs> to do that to people. Just to be, it's kind of a dick thing to do to people. Okay, but like know, in my but... job, I have to ask and receive that question, you know, thousands yeah. of times a day. And that, you know, now I'm actually worried about going back and having to yeah. answer that question. Um, but I do know that it is more important to just be honest. Like the longer yeah. I was suppressing it well, and just trying to be like, I'm great, you know. Yeah. Um, try, try doing it not like, because you, you are a very positive person. Yes. Um, try... Like try just doing that with your coworkers. Like don't even like, like don't don't do it with your, uh, um, you know, customers. But it's just with all your coworkers. about my customers. It's all about your customers. It really is. Are you not? Are you? Are you I but, love my coworkers too, but yeah. are you the I'm, same way around them? They're like, hey, yeah, I do it. I'm Rachel. I'm happy. Yeah, but actually, <laughs> you know, so, seeing some of my customers that you know, the regular yeah. ones, it really does kind of make my day. Well, like, that's good. That's um, good. I kind of wait all day and be like, hey, there you are, yeah. you know? That's good. That's good. That's just Especially when their kids person. start to remember me. And oh, yeah. um, that's when it's really cool. Like when the little girl will run around behind the counter to come give me a hug. Oh, that's great. Yeah. But that's and great. then she also wants a sticker too, so. Of course. <laughs> it's like, hug, <laughs> sticker, please. <laughs> it's like getting a, I remember getting a sucker from that, from like, you'd go like through the bank. Yeah. Uh, tell her and like, it's like oh, there's a kid in the car. Oh, we'll give him a sucker. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, here's another one. Being overly critical or obsessive about something. Okay, you start. You start. I get. I'll start with overly obsessive. Overly obsessive. I will get overly obsessive about like different like new hobbies, about music, about a lot of stuff like D and D. Uh. I got like when I first started, I got crazy obsessive in it's 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 flattened out now to where you know it's just a normal hobby for me. But when I first when I first like started getting into it, it was this is all I want to do. This is all I want to do. Like this is fun as heck. I'm gonna make all these games and you know do all this stuff. Um, so yeah, definitely that. And then uh, overly critical. I think I'm more overly critical of myself than anything else about like. Like stuff I make, like I'll be overcritical about this podcast. I'll be overcritical about you know stuff I make in D and D. I'll be overcritical about you know my job and how I'm working and like I could be doing better and stuff like that. And, you know, so myself is really what I'm probably most overcritical about. Well, that's that's actually good. You know, it's not like you're going around criticizing everybody else. So I think that's. Oh yeah, it's but... not. It's not like oh you could be doing a better job <laughs> painting that wall. No, I'm not. My dad recently told me something about self-criticism when I was trying to talk to him about how I'm really bad at criticizing myself. And um, he said that he likes to use criticism to... Are we okay? You're good. Okay. He likes to use his self-criticism to interpret it as just how he can improve next time Mm -hmm. and not harp on how it makes him feel negative about that time. He did his yeah. best. Now he sees 
what he can do next time. And I was like, oh, that's very insightful because I'm also very critical of all the things that I do. Um, And Uh, you have a lot of projects. Oh, yeah. That's something you get very obsessive over. So I obsess over projects. um, And I love having uh, just some fun, like, creative thing to do. But what ends up happening is I'm so worried that I'm not going to like the end result that I tend to just, like, not finish or I tend to take, you know, far too long to yeah. even complete it. So so not only are you overly obsessive about it, you're also overly critical about yes. doing it as well. So it's a... But normally once I'm done, I am pretty thrilled with the yeah. result, so... Well, it's good, to, it's good to have a hobby. Like, in, any kind of hobby, I mean, I think helps, you know sort of therapeutic sense oh yeah and one of my hobbies is hobbies it's just hobbies in general <laughs> is having hobbies yeah <laughs> my hobby is hobby lobby <laughs> oh yeah i do love hobby lobby of course <laughs> um all right and the last thing i want to talk about uh, today was uh uh medications like uh different you know types of medications people would be on i know you say you don't take anything no i don't no. um i I really think that a lot of the pharmaceuticals that we are being prescribed are actually kind of perpetuating certain other symptoms um, that are keeping us sick. Yeah. Um, now, I do know that there are legitimate chemical imbalances in my brain, and, um, you know, it probably would make me feel a lot better if I could take something that would give me more serotonin or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, is it something like you want to find the right? You want to be, make sure the doctor is going to give you like the right type um, of medication, or I do feel like uh, my psychiatrist here doesn't really listen to what I tell him. Yeah, I need, and he prescribes me medicine for something completely different. For example, um, I have borderline personality disorder, which is um, not really talked about very much, but... Would you like to ex- explain it a little bit? Or? I think that it takes it takes a long time to explain that. Okay. Um, but uh, instead go, he... Go ahead and Google it, people. Yeah, just pull your phone out. Um, I know you got it. So, yeah. but he's giving me a, a prescription for bipolar disorder, which I... Yeah. Um, I've never been diagnosed with. I don't... Yeah. I've done research about it. I don't really feel like I have that. And, mm. uh, I, you know, I just wish that he would, mm. he just is not going to listen. Yeah, so. wish he, just wish he would listen more. Yeah. It's, it's hard to find the right type of therapist and psychiatrist that'll, that'll really listen and help. Yeah. And I uh, looked into it and he is the only one in this whole area that I can go see with my really? insurance. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's too bad. you know, it's, but at least it is someone though. I mean, you know, and, Maybe over time of seeing him, I I will develop a repertoire with him where I can be yeah. able to get get him to actually listen to me. But I know he's so overloaded with patients too that I feel yeah. like him not listening. I don't take that personally. I just feel like, you know, he's got a lot going on too. So I try to be empathetic of everybody. Yeah, I, I felt I felt the same way about him. Um, uh, if, if it's the same doctor I'm thinking of. Uh, 
but like how many patients he has to see and everything. Yes. It's like, yeah, it would, get, it would get very overwhelming. Yes. I can see not getting to know and like having like a decent relationship with each of your patients just because of how many you have to fucking see every day. Right. Um, I understand that. Uh, I know, with, I know with my meds, like I'm trying to figure out if I don't know what the meds for bipolar are. I'm trying to figure out if I need to be on those because I still don't know if I am that or not. Who knows? I, I need. I still need to find it, a therapist and like uh, people to talk to. Yeah, you could look into taking a mood stabilizer. Yeah. Which is essentially what that is. Um, but I think that a lot of antidepressants have a mood stabilizer in them yeah. too. Okay. And so I don't. I think if you're on an antidepressant, there's no need to take I am. another mood stabilizer. Okay, that's good. Um, I don't like to. Like, I don't want to be on a lot of medications. Like I'm, I'm on a. D- that's gonna be cut to si- silent real quick. Sorry. There you go. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, like, and I. I that was always a thing of mine. Is like I don't want to be on, on a lot of medications. Like right now, I'm on. I think I'm on four. I don't really want to have to be on any more than that. You yeah. Know? I've been up dosages and stuff like that. Like I'm on eighty milligrams of uh, Prozac, um, and like two milligrams of Clonopin twice a day. You know things like that, which I think. I think the Prozac's helping. I, don't, I think the Clonopin really is yet. probably helping too. Yeah, I think Clonopin um, helps definitely. Uh, definitely in the moment because like it's, I can also take it as an as needed. Yeah. Type of thing. It definitely kind of helps in the moment just to calm down. A bit. I do. I do wish that um, I could have something for anxiety to help me because. Yeah. Essentially, what they prescribed me for anxiety is an antihistamine. Yeah. Um. So like. If you take Benadryl, for most people, that'll make them sleepy. So I guess that could make you feel less mm. anxious. But yeah. for me, Benadryl has always really wound me up. And so if I take, um, it's called visceral, but if I take that uh, when I'm feeling anxious, all I do mm. is I become more anxious. Yeah. Um, that, and, and that's also something, uh, when I was talking to the doctor the other day, the day I had to break into my own car, um, <laughs> which is another story. Um, uh, he, I was telling him uh, the a lady from Baptist called me and said I was supposed to be on the out on the outside being on Vistaril and I said they never prescribed me Vistaril they gave it to me inside but they never prescribed me it I don't know what that is and basically what the doctor told me is clonopin is just better Vistaril. Um, no, I disagree entirely. Disagree. That's like comparing. No, I, I might be thinking of the wrong medicine. Then. No, I mean, I think that she... I don't disagree that she said that. Yeah. Or that she even thinks that. Yeah. But she obviously doesn't have the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, you know what kind of pisses me off, though, is when a doctor is like, you, you're asking them about something, and they go, hmm, and they look it up on the internet. <laughs> and I'm like, you went to school for yeah. this. <laughs> that will get on my nerves sometimes, just when doctors do that. Also, I asked for something for sleep, yeah. and, um, you know, instead of, like, Ambien, or I don't know the names of any other sleep aids, because I was only getting, like... About, like, two, uh, melatonin. Two Just... to four hours. Um, I've, I've tried melatonin, and what's weird is, uh, and I'm a big advocate for, not, for like, herbal mm-hmm. remedies to anything, but 
Melatonin for me would actually make me very, very agitated really? um, laying there trying to go, to go to sleep. And it wasn't that I was frustrated that I couldn't sleep. It's just my body would become um, agitated yeah. when I would take it. Um, huh. And so then I would before. end up having very fitful sleep. It'd be like nights where my all my sheets would end up on the floor or something yeah, like yeah. that. And I don't normally sleep that way. So it's very weird. It's very yeah. it's very uncommon for melatonin. Yeah. Um, normally it works wonders. Yeah, I've, I've asked for some sleep aids in the past before just because my sleep cycle throughout the year goes like up and down like mm-hmm. crazy like uh i've told you before when i was uh before i uh tried the suicide attempt when i was with my roommate um like i was basically nocturnal like i would sleep during the day and be up all night yeah. doing stuff uh and then like i would still go to work but the just i would, I would be tired and yeah tired as shit because i didn't sleep that night and I'd which get also home could have made bed. you more prone to feeling anxiety too like oh, it's for funny sure it's not funny and it's just like common sense but it really we don't think about it a lot how much sleep will really change your whole mood for the day Mm -hmm. um and going to Crossbridge and that like the lights out thing that they had actually mm -hmm. fixed my sleep schedule yeah because it forced you yeah forced me to do it see my problem right now is I kind of stay awake all night and maybe get like two to four hours of sleep and Mm. then get up and just go, you know, all day the next day and do the same thing again. And I think this leads into me end up sleeping like for 17 to 24 hours in a row. Yeah. And then I feel bad that I slept away a whole day. So I just sleep some more. And then, um, that normally will sink me right down into some, depression yeah so regulating it would be really nice but what they prescribed me for sleep was an antipsychotic yeah so like risperdone or something no it was called geo geodone geodone Geodone. i haven't taken it because yeah even the pharmacist was like i don't know why yeah i was prescribed antipsychotic and i don't know why yeah yeah i so that's why i just feel like i'm not being really listened to that that's that's a good message to any any Doctors, therapists, and uh, patients that might be listening, try try to get your doctor, or if you are a doctor, listen to your patient. Patients try to get your doctors to listen to you. And also, like, there are normal things like just, just getting regular sleep that can help um, yeah. with with your day, with your anxiety and depression. So like, because like at um, outpatient, uh, every morning you had to fill out a piece of a little survey. Um, about like your current level of anxiety mm-hmm. and depression. And then at the bottom you wrote how many hours of sleep you'd gotten the yeah. night before. And in listening to everybody talk about it, um, yeah. when people got, you know, seven to 10 hours of sleep, their depression and anxiety was always way down, yeah, you know, yeah. and they were feeling great. Yeah, and they uh, night sleep, they weren't groggy in the morning. No. You know? Yeah. So, uh, Sleep is important, you guys, and that goes back to taking care of yourself, too. It, re- it really is. Take care of yourself and don't sleep the day away. And, Just uh, get enough sleep. Yeah, get enough sleep. And I think that's where we're going to end the podcast for today. And, uh, good night. I've, <laughs> good night, <laughs> yeah. I've been, uh, this has been your host, Philip Krause, and my lovely guest. And this is Rachel. All right, and uh, have a relaxing day and good night. <laughs>